can one artist change the lyrics of our national anthem? Is that appropriate? 780-496-0063 is the number to text. Uh, we'll get to some of your comments in just a moment. But on that note of change, uh, she came on about five years ago to try to smooth things out and try to create some change, some positive change in terms of internal problems, racism, bullying within the RCMP. Was Brenda Lucky able to accomplish that? And will her stepping down as RCMP commissioner uh, really help to change the RCMP in the direction that it needs to go? She announced her retirement or her stepping down February 15th. Uh, she will officially be done uh, on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, coming up. Uh, so what will this move mean for the RCMP? Is this going to be what will fix what uh, has been seen as a lot of problems by Canadians? Uh, our next guest is an associate professor and MBA faculty of at the Faculty of Leadership and People Management at the University of Canada West. Dr. Eli Sopo is joining us. Uh, Dr. Sopo, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate getting your perspective on this. Hi, Chelsea. Absolutely. I'd love to. So let's just first clarify exactly what it is that the RCMP commissioner does. When, when, when we're talking about Brenda Lucky stepping down, what is she stepping away from? Oh, it's a really big deal. I mean, um, I guess one of the analogies is like the, the head of the Canadian uh, forces in, in Canada, you know, the uh, the top general kind of thing, in charge of the whole whole group. Uh, with the RCMP, it is a paramilitary organization formed about 150 years ago, and the, uh, the commissioner has that kind of top role, consider them the chief executive officer, the president, whatever. It's a big, big organization. Um, there's well over, I think, over 30,000 employees, RCMP members, civilians, right across Canada, mostly in uh, BC and Alberta, obviously Ontario and Quebec have their own police service. So it's, uh, it's a big, big job, and she's responsible for what we have, what they call in the RCMP divisions, and I think uh, each province is called a division, for example, of, uh, Alberta's K division, British Columbia's E division, <laughs> I forget where these letters came from, but, um, but so she's in charge of those in the sense that each one of those divisions, like in Alberta K, has a uh, deputy commissioner reporting to her, okay. and so uh, every few months all the deputy commissioners get together with her in, in Ottawa, and they, they meet and they talk about where the future is going, but she's in charge of the whole place the buck stops there about policy about finances about budgeting you name it uh, so it's a big job so not just a figurehead then actually oh, with God, some real no. with some real responsibility but you know for such a large organization and with so many numbers that she's overseeing is that position an impossible one to, to bring her in and have her sort of change the culture overall i mean is that something that's even possible in that role? It's a really good question because sometimes people will say, well, it's too big, it's too complicated, how could uh, somebody in charge do anything? Well, listen, um, General Motors is a little bit bigger than the RCMP and a lot of corporations that, uh, that I certainly have studied went through such things. General Motors and other big corporations went through massive changes and companies today are as well. Why do they succeed? Well, they succeed because they know what they're doing. <laughs> they, they have a plan. They have uh, expertise and to initiate that plan. They have studied what is wrong with the organization. And here we throw out words like culture. In other words, what do you believe in? What are your values? How do you treat people? Uh, how deep is that? Uh, can you fix that? And the culture, I mean, this thing about how we feel about the place, our values, that shapes 
the structure, you know, who reports to who, and the structure, of course, shapes everything else, like the kind of systems we have and ultimately how people behave. So it's not so much the person who's going to be there, it's the whole darn machinery is coming apart. I think I've used the expression sometimes, well, it's it's really like... It's no point replacing the driver of an old vehicle when it's all rusted out. It's out of fuel. It's lost its steering. Mechanically, it's unsound, and God only knows where it's heading on these uh, old tires. So it doesn't matter who's in charge. The, the, the internal structures and everything else are falling apart, and it's well known, actually, very well known. So then her, her stepping down opens the door for hopefully the right person to come in and sort of create that change. Does that right no, person won't exist? Work, won't work. They tried it when, I think it was 1989. Oh, jeez, i got to get this right. But, but there was a commission that looked at uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And it, uh, it was the 2009, actually, National RCMP Change Management Project was set up because of a giant review nationally done, ordered to be done by the federal government on the RCMP. Why? Because of really poor issues of harassment, disrespect, poor leadership, and the list goes on. So, so we created, and I was, on, I was national director of the, uh, of the uh, Change Management Project that lasted a couple of years, looked at everything upside down, complete diagnostics, everything. Wow, lots of stuff has got to change. Lots of reports were written. Lots of studies were done. Zero changed. It's, it's a very deep, deeply embedded problem uh, that's been around for a long time, and it's, it's, it's almost impossible to change. Now, what are the problems, if I may go on just for a second? Of course, is yeah. that The unfortunate RCMP, our lovely RCMP with the red surge, is really not a police service. It's it's a junior ministry of the federal government. It reports to government. They report that our commissioner, bless her heart or his heart, ultimately reports to the prime minister. They control the budget. The budget is run by the federal government. They are the ones who allocate how much money you get, the, uh, uh, the various uh, kind of um, issues dealing with uh, human resources and everything else. It's really run like a junior ministry of government. And because of that, it's, it's rules and regulations and goodness knows the bureaucracy and paperwork. Pick any ministry that you might love in Alberta, a federal government ministry that you truly love, and I know you love them all, and just think of the bureaucracy and all the red tape that's involved running Alberta out of Ottawa with any ministry. That's the same as the RCMP. And, you know, the, the poor members, and I, the members are great. These are hardworking women and men of the RCMP. The cops are doing a great job, well-trained, do their job. But my, oh, my, oh, my, waiting for instructions out of Ottawa on how to when and how to buy what type of boots you can wear, what, what, what weapon you can use, it ain't working. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, the RCMP and the problems within it, uh, certainly on this show uh, over the over the last I'd say, year, maybe two years um, in depth. And, oh, and yeah. a, lot, a yeah. lot of it comes down to sort of this idea of like a complete restructuring. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, hey, you know what? That was restructured, and again, in 2009, when the change uh, management team looked at this thing right across the board in two years. 
there were many structures looked at, and a lot of people today will argue, and this is what you could think about in your listeners, is that, hey, what we need is not this multi-headed organization. The RCMP, they patrol the streets in the smallest town of Alberta. They patrol some bigger cities. They patrol parts of the province, rural places, and that's Canada with the RCMP. They're all over the place. Plus, they have the federal RCMP that looks after the big stuff, major crime, drugs, international stuff. Oh, by the way, we have the international RCMP who are posted all over the place. It, it can't do all things. And the argument is, yes, break it up. Have one national police service dedicated to federal international crime, kind of like the FBI uh, in, in the States or, or the Secret Service, that kind of thing. And then Perhaps, and this is an argument that's made, let the provinces create their own police service. And we know, we know Alberta's looking at that, right? At breaking away the RCMP out of the control of Ottawa and giving it control uh, to the province that Quebec has and Ontario has. That, frankly, makes a lot of sense on a structural basis. Dr. Sapal, thank you so much for your perspective this afternoon. Really appreciate your time on this. Great to talk to you. Good luck, and uh, stay warm in Alberta from what I hear. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wish us all luck. Appreciate it. This is Dr. Eli Sapo, who is a, an associate professor and MBA faculty of leadership and people management at University of Canada West, talking about the RCMP structural problems and uh, will they end with Brenda Lucky. Now, another big controversial topic that we've been uh, touching on this afternoon is, of course, you've heard it now. Oh, Canada. An intentional stopping to really emphasize our home on native land by Julie Black uh, singing the national anthem at Sunday's NBA All-Star Game. Now, she has come out and said that, yes, this was an intentional choice. She was singing the truth. She didn't care about anybody's reaction to it. And there have been a lot of reactions. Uh, a lot of you texting in here, 780-496-0063. Appreciate you weighing in. Uh, Jay sent in a message. It's quite long, but I want to get to it because it's well-written, and I really appreciate you taking the time, Jay. Jay says, I find it offensive because it's a dramatic misrepresentation of what Canada is. It's fair to say that many lands in Canada were traditionally inhabited by Indigenous peoples prior to European arrival. That's fine. He says, we should also not forget that there were incredibly huge swaths of this country that were completely desolate and inhabited by no one. Not all land in Canada was used as native land by Indigenous peoples pre-colonization. Additionally, changing that word changes the entire context and intonation of that line in the anthem. It bends the knee to one particular ethnic group's contribution to our nation and, uh, can't use that word, ignores the legacy and memory of everyone else who built it into what it is today. He says, it's our home and native land, my native land. I'm a native Canadian, regardless of my color or ethnicity or anything else. The fact that someone hears this and doesn't think it's offensive simply because they agree with this inherently offensive, intersectional, critical race theory based on current political rhetoric is absolutely telling in its own right. We are a land of quality, and this land belongs to Canadians. And you know what the Indigenous people of this country are? They're Canadians too. Jay, what a what a well thought out and well written text. Thank you for that.